great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just after ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not going to remember any of it. That's good. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the fan- other fantastic host of this show, Nick. And Nick. What's the score of this game? 43 to 20 in favor of the Dallas Cowboys. Scoregami. Scoregami. An extraordinarily tough loss. But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? Uh, I mean, if we're going to go dependent on that game, just absolutely terrible. But if you want to <laughs> ask me, just outside of that, good. I'm good. Uh, so, I mean, it started off like it was okay. It didn't seem like it was going to be the, the one of the worst losses in the Sean McVay era, which is how it netted out to be. Uh, we yep. were going back all the way to 2019, and we were talking about with a couple of fans. Shout out Pink Survivor, uh, who was at the game with her husband and her son. I mean, that's that's a great fan right there. It's a great fan to, to follow on Twitter. Um, I mean, that's that's the kind of fan that you want in these kind of situations, uh, the kind of fan that follows the team around to Dallas, it sees uh, the team in, in their home stadium. It just And those kind of games, it just feels undeserving. I think that's uh, that's the bottom line of this all. It's like you, you put in your, your hard-earned money, you travel, you go see your team in the away stadium, and they just put up almost what feels like a goose egg. It's obviously they put up 20 points. But so many weird decisions in this game, um, specifically the Stafford injury and a couple of other things that we're going to talk through. Um, but just want to shout out some of the fans that were at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium and they had to sit through that painful game to in a situation where we thought we were going to be able to get back to 500. And now you're looking at three and five, potentially not contenders in the trade deadline. And um, things start to unravel pretty quickly when you get to this yeah, point. I mean, I really hope it was last year. You were three and five at this point last year. So I, I really, really hope they don't go after somebody at this point um, because they, there's no reason that they should even try to be in like the playoff conversation anymore. I don't think. I mean, you got to really, really, you know, prove it next couple weeks in Green Bay and then uh, at home against Seattle. But still, it's. I just don't see it with this team. They look too young. The defense looks bendable and breakable. <laughs> and they're going to be out here doing stupid things. Like when you're down three scores for a two-point conversion, doing the Philly special, uh, you know, Tutu throwing a low ball and Stafford diving in the, into the end zone, finger first, which was already hurt. Um, and now, we, you know, we might be watching Brett Rippon football, and it feels like that's what um, – that's what the coaching staff deserves. It's like you go ahead and you draft this backup quarterback who's supposed to be coming in for situations like this. If your top guy goes down, that guy's nowhere to be found. And now guess what? You're stuck. You're saddled up with Brett Rippon and good luck because your team is not going to be good enough no matter what. So, yeah. So, I mean, are they any less players at the trade deadline? Uh, yeah, probably. They're probably less players. I mean, it felt like this past uh, Steelers loss and then the Dallas loss put us, it puts us at three and five. And I feel like you got November 1st coming up. You look at the defense. Is there potential an opportunity to bring in an edge rusher or another defensive player, potentially a cornerback, somebody that could help 
the defense not only this year but in years to come, right, in 2024 and 2025 as we continue to build out this roster. But now the question is, like, you're going to have to might, – you might have to use some of that capital to sign a backup quarterback because the quarterback that you drafted in the fourth round in Stenson Bennett has been off the field due to a non-disclosed, non-football issue, personal-related matter. Um, so they're hopeful that you could get him back into the building, into the facility this week, and then you won't have to reach out and sign another player. But then still, I mean, you got Brett Rippon and Stenson Bennett and Matthew Stafford, who we don't know the severity of the thumb issue yet, but it's it seems like another year of being ill-prepared to sign a backup quarterback. And it's, again, I mean, these situational play calls, you put your quarterback at harm's way. We're going to go through it all. But, I mean, there's there's a lot of opportunities where you probably could be running the ball in situations where Matthew Stafford is dropping back passing with his right tackle out this game and Rob Havenstein getting blasted by Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. So yeah, I think they, uh, instead of being a potential contender at the trade deadline and being five and three and opportunities to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and Dallas Cowboys, you're now three and five and you're probably more likely a contender to bring in a backup quarterback versus an yeah. extra. I mean, you know, it was a bad day for quarterbacks standing straight up. A lot of people got knocked yeah. out. Yeah. Um, which is horrible to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, it all could be avoided. Like it really, it really, everything about it could have been avoided. And I mean, this goes into the final score too. Like we're down uh, right before Matthew throws the pick six. It's like, why is he an empty? We just got the ball. The running, <laughs> like everything that we're seeing from Daryl Henderson tough. looks good. And then it's like, you know, pick six, like self inflicted, just horrible, horrible football. And it feels like just the accumulation of like all the bad parts of these games came to fruition. So mm-hmm. like we're hoping that we were going to see four quarters of good football, which we really haven't seen from them yet this year. But before we saw that, we saw four quarters of really bad football. It feels more and more as we get away from week one, that week one was the mirage that it, it actually tends to be in this league, right? It seemed like the Cincinnati Bengals was 0-3. They are in back-to-back years, and now they're 4-3, and and the 49ers have just lost three straight games. It's like week one is, feels like forever away. you got to be able to put together four solid quarters and be able to win football games and play complementary football, and they just haven't been able to do that right from the start. I thought it was really interesting, right? Because this game started off, the Cowboys were missing Tyron Smith, their left tackle, and Michael Hoyt and Byron Young both had early sacks. And I think it was Byron Young's sack that was negated on the illegal contact by Quentin Lake downfield. And Aaron Donald had two early sacks in this game. Uh, he was he was doing as well as he possibly could in the situations that he's been put in from week to week with the amount of talent he has on his, on his defensive line and just the personnel overall. It's just it's not overwhelming. It's Aaron Donald. Um, trying to do as, as much as he possibly can from week to week. And I, I'd be personally discouraged if I were him in this situation. But it seemed like the game plan that we talked about, being able to constantly pressure Dak and keep him in check, was in place. It just couldn't last. And it was the second and 10 on the Dallas's 17-yard line on the Rams' first possession that stalled because Jordan Lewis, who was just under attack, which is exactly what we expected. He was the lowest-rated corner in the league going into this week in the slot. Cooper Cup's attacking him. He grab he grabs Cooper Cup's hip and pulls his jersey on what should have been called the pass interference. And then right. the next play is a third and ten bubble screen to Cooper Cup for two yards, and uh, Haversick knocks it through to make it seven to three. But like it didn't seem like it was 
on track to be the worst game ever, but you you very much felt that officiating was going to be one-sided and you felt like the ball just wasn't necessarily going to bounce in the Rams' direction. After getting, you know, getting off the field on three plays to start the game, turning that into a touchdown, and then following that up with a very clear pass interference on the on the next possession and, and not being able to get in the end zone for a touchdown. Just being able right. to the ball. You know, and if you, you know, if you pin them back and that phantom, you know, obviously you're, you're not supposed to touch that guy at all, whatever. He like bats him on the shoulder pad and they throw that flag. That <sighs> is horrendous to start the game. And then that turns into seven. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, and then the cup hold, like, it, I just don't know how you're not going to call that. Every Rams fan is sitting there. Like I can see it on my TV. You're Ridiculous. paid to stand there and look at it. <laughs> like, how are you not throwing that flag? Um, you know, Saints fans would say, oh, you're you're one to talk. But still. Yeah, like, that to me is like, a, you know, these refs, some of these guys are middle school teachers. Like, you know, no offense. That's true. No, it is true. Some of these guys are doing part-time jobs or, or full, other full-time jobs. This is not a full-time career for a lot of these guys. Like, it is situations where they need to be aware of the player that's covering Cooper Cup, who is a former Triple Crown winner. And it's Jordan Lewis who's going to get handsy. And that's why they specifically target him, target him in the red zone, because it's a mismatch and it's Cooper Cup. And you see him get handsy. And that's why you see McVay on the sidelines like, what the hell is going on? I mean, whether the ref was a middle school teacher or not, whether you want to disagree with that or not, I don't care about his profession. It's a missed call. You have to be better. And I think the league is very much aware of the fact that it's very, very inconsistent. And just from possession to possession, you have a layup situation. You give the Rams first and goal on the four-yard line, which likely changes the entire outcome of the first half. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my point, really. I mean, it's also like this is coming off a game where at home, you know, like whatever the game's in Dallas. So maybe the Dallas refs are going to be a little different, potentially. But coming off a game at home where the refs in SoFi are pushing the ball back, like forward to give them a first down. Like, it's just like, let it go both ways. I, and our dad texted us. It was like early. It was like the Rams are not going to be able to beat the refs and Dallas. Like maybe they can just beat Dallas. And like that's, you know, all the Rams fans are getting tizzy, 7-3, you know, back of our mind. We're like, all right, well, defense looked pretty solid, you know, at least to start. So hopefully, you know, something happens here and like we hold them and it doesn't look like the worst thing ever. But then, you know, as we saw, the Cowboys just start pouring it on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they marched down and, and ended up kicking a field goal, which we still had a little bit of faith in the defense. But then it's 10-3 at that point, and then the Rams are averaging, what, five yards per carry, which they typically are in the first quarter of games, more than five yards per carry between Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman, who we've liked both of those guys thus far. But it was the first play of the series. The, the world knows that the Rams are going to pass, and they draw up a complex option route to Cooper Cup. 2-2 Atwell, by the way, getting held downfield who was obviously trying to pull that second corner away from Cooper cup. But like this to me is listen, we're talking about Duran bland. We talked about him from week to week, like and Cooper cup and all of these, these op, these things that they put into their offense, whether it's too complex, whether it's an option route, whether it's whatever, it just seems like there's too many layers. And Cooper cup talked about this in his post game press conference. It's, it's overly complicated to the fact that, there's layers to the offense. There's an option route for Cooper Cup. He broke the wrong way, which led to the pick six. And then Brett Rippon comes into the game. And then you see a fourth and two later on in the game. He's 10 yards off of Cooper Cup on a pass attempt. Like, you know that that's all based on 
Cooper Cup and a feel for the game and an option route. And that's what Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup have built so closely, nine and dime, whatever you want to call them, over the past three, four years. And it goes away that quickly when one and two of them are not on the field. Um, so that's my big concern. It's like, I mean, you, you just yeah, like because, one more thing. Real you're quick. Cup had such a long time being absent. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. And yeah, then they're still kind of like building back their relationship. But also like we talked about Matt Cannon and the Pittsburgh Steelers simplicity and just getting the ball in the hands of your playmaker sometimes works instead of a complex option route. That's based on what the secondary is going to do. Right. And also it's like you're averaging five on the ground right now. And you're designing a play for what? Two yards, three yards. Like, why are you? Yeah. Like simplicity. Why are you making it more difficult for yourself? And then the one time they finally start to be creative, they take it. They use the Philly special from 2017 uh, Super Bowl, which is like every team has now used that at least once now. It's like completely passe. They use it on a two point conversion attempt. Like, oh, it's just. I said the keys to victory are going to be creativity. And I saw nothing. Like, I didn't see anything creative on offense. I was. But blown away by the boredom, by the horrible play calls by McVeigh. That's where, yeah, because that's kind of where it got scary. So before, even before the Stafford injury, it was the block punt. To me, like it was the play calling that I felt like set up the block punt. And crazy or not, like to say that, it's just because Sean McVeigh continues to get his offense backed up even further than they need to be because he's so consistent with his play calling in the past game. The drive started off on the Rams' 25-yard line down 7-3. to three. Higby, negative three yards on first down. Ten-yard run by Royce Freeman on second down. Then McVay opts to pass on a third and three. Stafford gets sacked for a loss of nine yards. And then there's Ethan Evans, who admittedly said he had a bad game, backed up on like his four-yard line to punt. Just recipe for disaster. It leads to a Cowboys 19-3 lead, the safety on the block. And they, they end up returning the punt that they get back to the 13-yard line. And then Brandon Cook, C.D. Lamb, 26-3 to Cowboys. Like, that's how quickly it got away from us. Yeah, I, I mean, it honestly felt like it was over before that, truly. Like, just from, like, the feel of the game, the, that first drive negating the um, three and out from Dallas and then the settling for a field goal with the cup hold – it just already felt like it was like, all yeah. right, Dallas is going to take control. And then it you're happened like, yeah. yeah, exactly. It happened like almost immediately. And you're like, okay, well, like at least, I mean, personally, like you can take yourself out of the uh, like horrendous feeling that you'll have at the end of the game when it's over that fast. <laughs> so it's like, you know, unlike you're this right. game where, where that will sit with you for like days, like at least it's just like, over fast, like, you know, it's done, kind of get it, get it done, kind of watch the rest of the game and just see, see anything positive to pull from mm-hmm. it. But there really wasn't. I mean, like you, you watch the rest of the game, maybe the Ben Skoranek touchdown was like kind of exciting with Stafford with like a bum thumb still being able to make that throw. But outside of that, I mean, really, really poor I mean, you, you score that touchdown, you get the two points. It's a two, it's a two possession game, so you're like, all right, defense. If there's a moment for you to step up, it's right here. And then what happens? Like six minute drive from Dallas, resulting in a touchdown. Like, yeah, the defense, 
the defense was particularly frustrating, right? Because like those those two uh, decent possessions that you were just talking about, like, I, I mean, I was pretty impressed that they even showed any form of life. Like there was all your all of your creativity lived within those two uh, possessions. It was a 12 play, 75 yard drive before the half that went to Benny Sko. But Benny Sko was only on the field because of a Puka Nakua injury. So it's probably just a mismatch in the defense. Benny Sko was able to trickle free for, you know, slant for a touchdown. And then the other drive coming out of the half was capped off by Royce Freeman. But like, I mean, it's like the, the injury to Matthew Stafford and you talked about just the, the decision to do the Philly special. But when a quarterback hurts his thumb, it jams it in a, a defensive lineman's helmet, like that's extraordinarily common, especially when it's Demarcus Lawrence. Like he's constantly in your face. It, it happens. But to re-aggravate the injury on a Philly Philly, like what McVay just went over to Stafford and just said, like, you want Philly Philly? Or was it Stafford to McVay? Like, what the hell happened in that situation? Was Stafford just like, yeah, my thumb feels great. Like, whatever, McVay, whatever play you got in your playbook that you think is going to work in this situation, I'm willing to call it. I don't care if they rip my head off. I'm in. Like, what, I mean, was that the gladiator I mentality? I, I Listen, I love Matthew Stafford. I think he does a lot of good. This team was down 30 points, and he was like, yeah, let's go. Let's roll out another series. I'll be all right. I could hardly hold my hand up. My elbows gushing blood. I've been hit four or five times, driven into the dirt. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm good. I'll come back out. But that's through, uh, it just through that a pick to me six, was I'll be stupid. fine. Yeah. Give it to me. I, I thought, Nick, yeah, that it just, felt, it just felt really, really stupid. And, and that's not the team that I have grown to love in this era. <laughs> they just don't. Yeah, I, I, very dumb. Probably the dumbest thing that we've seen from them for a really long time. It's just like, I, I, if you're going to do a two-point attempt, just don't, don't be an idiot on that play. Like, don't put your quarterback in more harm's way possible. It's like, yeah, well, you know, Tutu wasn't supposed to throw the ball that low. It's like... Well, it's on. It's right after he got the ball. He's got to throw. He's a wide receiver. Like it's you know. Yeah, but like, but like to your point, like he two threw it low, and I'm glad that you called out that Tutu made the throw. But like Cooper Cup was a quarterback in high school. Like Cooper Cup has made throws in this league. Like you, you could throw Cooper Cup a screen, and he can make a throw down 35, 40 yards downfield. Like it's happened before. But yeah, let's let's draw it up to Tutu. Like. This doesn't make any sense. No. Just really, really, really dumb, poor decision-making on the uh, offensive side of the ball today. And, like, here's the other thing. And even if you want to say, like, there is some positivity in that Ben Skronik touchdown and whatnot, like, the Cowboys are not playing the same defense that they would be. You know what I mean? Like, the game is already over. They're up three possessions at that point. They're playing like a played back, like relaxed defense that can allow the the Rams to chip away and take up time. So basically the defense that we run consistently under Raheem Morris. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good that's a good one. <laughs> and my jokes are, are not good. I just think that, that that was just something that was relevant to the, the situation and like Raheem Morris. It's like what are we, what defense are we playing? If we're not playing pillow soft, prevent, Tempur-Pedic, all the way back 15 yards, let them catch, run, and then make the tackle, then, then like, I'm, I'm confused as to what I'm seeing. And I, I yeah, wish I mean, Raheem Morris got I can't, the memo. 
I can't see a, another quarterback scramble for like 17 yards um, and get the first down on like third and 17 again. Like I just can't. And it's every week yeah. and it's with these guys that are not scramblers. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't yeah. make sense. Well, so I, the point where I really got concerned about the defense is when Kobe Durant went out, right? Because Kobe Durant was playing outside yeah. corner. And when you got to be able to, to sub Darion Kendrick – and he's got to make some some big time uh, plays on guys like CD Lamb, who I think CD had eight catches for 158 yards. Um, he was averaging like eight catches for like 60 yards. We talked about in the preview. He just went off for two touchdowns. Darion Kendrick is just dunking, postering in every situation. So it's it's really frustrating. Like, is that the guy that you want on the field schematically? Does he fit your scheme? Does he fit your personnel? Is he even talented? Like, are you just trying to make up for some of his deficiencies by putting him in this pillow soft zone scheme? So he just reminds me of like the David Longs and the Robert Rochelles, the world's the players that aren't good enough to stay on this team. I, I don't, I don't know like what's going to happen with him, but I think the entire Rams nation is tired of Darion Kendrick and his antics, right? Because all he does is give up yards and penalties. Yeah. It's a lot of penalties. And it's every time it's like, oh, I can't believe they threw that flag. It's like, I, I believe it. I saw the play. It's very yeah. believable. Like, yeah. you're all over them. Come on, man. And, like, we talk about not getting breaks, too. It was Darion Kendrick, um, or no, I think it was Russ Yeast that collided with Kobe Durant, like, in the Cowboys' second series. Like, it was a Rams player on Rams player collision that knocked out our best cornerback, which then led to – C.D. Lamb having eight catches for 158 yards and two touchdowns. It's like those are the yeah. things that are happening to us right now. So it is funny too because it's like all the prior Rams, like watching Brandon Cook score a touchdown, pull out the archer bow and arrow. Watch Jalen Ramsey today get an interception. Watch Goff tomorrow probably destroy the um, uh, the Raiders. Like it's funny it, just to see how everybody like all of their pieces are like growing up and prospering of, of, of your, and then we are just like plummeting. Like our stock is just dying. Well, the problem is after the Super Bowl, everybody wants money. Everybody wants to get paid and they had to pay the three faces of the franchise. Yeah. But um, honestly, let's, and you know what? Like we've been very nice to him our entire time, but like Tyler Higby, was he somebody that we had to pay? no, We've been talking about getting rid of him for the longest time. Right. He was not somebody that we had to pay. Every time. I feel like this year, every time we need him to make a clutch catch, it's a drop. I mean, I watched Trey Turner make that catch over his shoulder in the postseason with ease, and Tyler Higby, Brett Rippon, throws him a lollipop, and he can't make that catch over the shoulder. No, you you've been in the league for 10 years. You're going to haul him that in on third down? Like, so underwhelming. I don't care if you're a good inline blocker. Like that only takes you so far. Johnny Munt was a great inline blocker. And now he goes and plays for Minnesota as the third tight end on that roster behind TJ Hawkinson, a player that can really play and score touchdowns and make yeah. big time third down catches. So I like and I know I said the frustration and the anger kind of goes away when you lose this this horribly. It kind of just it feels like a wash. Um and I and I am really excited to see them play Green Bay because Green Bay is hot garbage. And yeah. that's the loser leaves town match if I've ever seen it. Um, but like, there is a real reason for 
every single Rams fan right now to be really, really mad and really, really upset with how this season has gone, especially with the start. So to me, yes, 100%. What really confuses me, and I have to shout out Jordan because I just read her article before we jumped on, that they the Rams were open and really public about the fact that they were, were not going to invest in the defense. They were like, we're going to invest as much as we possibly can in the offense. The offense is going to be able to overcome mistakes from the defense, from the very young special teams unit. Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup are going to take us to the promised land once again. That was essentially what they were selling in the offseason. We're going to protect Matthew Stafford. We're going to reinstall the run game, and it's going to be able to open up our pass game. We're going to marry all of our concepts together over the past six, seven years, and we're going to be on the top of the world again. And walk we walk around with, with no issues. McVay's confident. He feels like it's 2017 again. Like, that's not the case. No. So you have Remember to kind of on, uh, on on Kelly Stafford's podcast last year when she was yeah. watching the Super Bowl and Matt or Sean was like, "Oh, it's going to be us next year." You didn't have to bring it up. Not even close. Not even close, well, guys. I don't know if he's going to make gonna it into the playoffs. Year. But whatever, yeah, whatever he said, um, it's, it's not good. Well, he said Stafford had a look in his eye, right? That he was excited to come back. So everybody, okay. every starting quarterback has that look in their eye. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold out judgment to see how it goes over the next couple of years. And obviously the remainder of this season, because it's all big question mark for right now. Um, but like if, if they can successfully get back to another Super Bowl in the next couple of seasons, this Sean McVay era is a roaring success. No matter well, what. I mean, happens. it's already a roaring yeah, success. And it already Two is. Super Bowl right? appearances, one win. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a roaring success. But yeah. You know, it's, but it, it could get it could get dark quick, right? And you have to be able to execute on the right things, even maybe even before the trade deadline. But then, leading into the next season, making sure that you hit on all of the acquisitions that you make, all of the draft picks all over again. You got to treat it like it's twenty twenty two again, right? Where you got to hit on five six players. You know, you have yeah. to have Kobe but, Turner and Ethan Evans and Puka Nakua and Steve Avila and all of these other young rookies be able to blossom into uh, supplemental players, if not a core contract. So. I kind of hate it when I'm right in a way because I knew wasting that pick on um, Stenson. Stenson was going to you know. really, really bite them in the ass. Like that yeah. high of a pick, this guy could have gone undrafted, and it it has just tenfold. And now I tweeted out today. I was like, um, I'm so happy that that we got a a competent backup quarterback right now to come in and like at least you know look good and like show us that like there is a future like we use the draft pick for this and obviously i was being sarcastic yeah. uh, but like what what is the point of that pick like you just threw it away we yeah didn't. i don't know see like now minnesota just lost kirk cousins and now jaron hall from byu who we really loved is going to step right in and replace him no big deal nick mullins is on ir but jaron hall is going to step right in probably play well um and then aiden o'connell like jimmy garoppolo was hurt a couple of weeks ago, but Aiden O'Connell from Purdue is another big guy that we really liked. Um, yeah, probably would have been available, and I think it was in the sixth round. So, and I, mean, I know obviously he wasn't missed. available in time, but then like you know, like you look at a kid like Will Levis. I know, I know. It came today. to my mind too. Like, yeah, come on, like the, yeah. this but is like the back we go that, with. Guy that would have been uh, you would have had the to lowest have, rated quarterback in preseason. Like, would you? God. I think he would have. Would they have had to have trade up? Because yeah. Steve Avila, I think, was drafted after. And I'm really happy with the Steve Avila pick. So I'm happy Same. that they got Same. him. 
they needed him. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, but and Will Levis just looked good for the first time today. Like we, everybody was afraid, you know, he, he maybe can't play. And right. then today he threw his four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, hey, Vrabel um, uh, off a bye is like the smartest man in the world. So yeah, yeah, that's true. I, yeah, a lot of coaches off the bye have a couple extra weeks to prepare, especially McVeigh, who, who publicly said he needed extra time to prepare um, with the baby, right, and catching up from sleep and all that stuff. So it's tough. And then, like on the defensive side of the ball, you, you know, you miss guys like Darius Williams and Jalen Ramsey, and you know those kind of like big time for Von Miller and. Those kind of big time names that can yeah. really make an impact and kind of. I'm change sure the there are forward. other coaches so. that have had babies during the season, but I've just never heard about it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and now it's like it's the only thing on my mind. I'm like, McVeigh is like not getting enough sleep. He's not thinking correctly. Like the guy should be on maternity leave right now. Uh, poor yeah. man. Yes, I still think he should be, but like, you know, that's just not. Like that, that that can't happen in the middle of the season. I'm, there's probably another coach right now that that has had a child during a season that's like playing, and is like, yeah, it's really hard. But you know, like even revealing that information, I don't know. It's just another time, I guess. Yeah, you could delegate a little bit, right? You should uh, be able to delegate a little bit to Matt Lafleur or Mike Lafleur. I can never remember which one it is. One of the Lafleur brothers. Both of them seems like they suck. Honestly, we might even have the better one. I mean. <laughs> The the uh, everybody who wanted to be smart and like take the Packers over the Vikings at home because the line was minus one, like oh you gotta take the Packers, and I, I was just like no I've seen enough of Jordan Love and this kid is just horrible and yeah, I'm happy I I just stick with my guns. Oh well, next weekend will be a very interesting game. Uh, we'll see Jordan Love, Brett Rippin, Stenson Bennett, Matthew Stafford. The mystery remains. Um, and Halloween is in between, so it's definitely spooky season. And then you you combine all of that with Sean McVay's record in November and uh, just do yourself a favor and hide for the next month. I think if they, yeah, if they lose <laughs> and they're three and six, I, I mean, that's going that, that, to that's be bleak. Four and five going into the bye. We'll see what happens in the next week. We love you guys. Thank you so, so much for listening. Make sure that you guys ram it. <laughs> we appreciate you always. Nick, any like final and words? Subscribe. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> I got nothing else. I, that's it. <laughs> this like this game just like a rag just drained all of our energy. Yeah. All right, we'll be back in a couple of days, as we always are. Peace. Go Rams.